Hello, my name is Dwayne Spearman. Welcome to Directional Bible Ministries. This is a teaching ministry that is called to encourage, disciple, and challenge the people of God. Today is March the 23rd, and we are going to continue in our study through the 11th chapter of the book of Romans. Last time we were together, we got down through verse number 15. So go ahead and open up our Bibles here to Romans chapter number 11. And we'll pick up in verse number 11, since that's where uh, we see the Gentiles beginning to be grafted in. Uh, Romans chapter 11, verse number 11. I say then, have they stumbled that they should fall? And of course, the they in this verse is unbelieving Israel. But all of Israel is in view here, because they all had to believe, and that was an offer of national salvation. That was rejected. Unlike the grace gospel that you and I responded to, which is an individual salvation, the kingdom gospel was a national salvation. So again, all of Israel is in view here. I mean, he talks about those who are the elect, who are Jews who accepted the offer of the kingdom, and then those who were blinded, and rejected the offer of the kingdom, but still the entire nation stumbled. The, the entire nation rejected the gospel of the kingdom. As such, God used their temporary fall to bring salvation to the Gentiles with the hope of, of provoking unbelieving Israel to belief. So verse number 12 now if their fall now if the fall of them the Jews be the riches of the world and the diminishing of them be the riches of the Gentiles how much more their fullness so as a result of their fall uh, that's the word transgression and diminishing which is literally deterioration as recorded in the book of acts salvation has come to the Gentiles and as i've said repeatedly um, the book of acts is a trans transitional book it is moving from the kingdom gospel to the grace gospel. It's moving from the 12 to Paul. It's moving from Jerusalem to Antioch. It's moving from the kingdom gospel to the grace gospel until you end up, and Paul just continues the thought through the book of Romans and all of his Pauline epistles. So as a result of their fall and, and diminishing, as recorded in the book of Acts, salvation Come to, went to the Gentiles. And when it talks about the Gentiles there, uh, I believe it's talking about Gentildom, D-O-M at the end, Gentildom. It's referring to Gentiles, just like it refers to the Jews, both believing and unbelieving, just like it refers to Israel, believing and un unbelieving. It's referring to Gentiles, believing and unbelieving. And, th and that is crucial. For I speak to you Gentiles, in verse 13, inasmuch as I am an apostle of the Gentiles, I magnify mine office. So the Gentiles that Paul is magnifying his office to are not the body of Christ. And I don't even think necessarily proselytes into Judaism, but Gentiledom as a whole. Um, it has to be either proselytes into Judaism or Gentiles as a whole, because like I said, verses 20, 21, 20, 
22 make it clear that they can lose their salvation. And then verse number 15, if by any means I may provoke to emulation them which are my flesh and might save some of them. Again, we see his desire to see unbelieving Israel saved. The day will come, according to verse number 26, but not during Paul's ministry. And then verse 15, where we left off last time, for if the casting away of them be the reconciling of the world, what shall be the receiving of them? but life from the dead. So the casting away of them, referring to the nation of Israel, is the reconciling of the world. Who's the rest of the world? Gentiledom. If you're not a Jew, you're Gentile. What shall be the receiving of them be? I mean, if if it was such a wonderful thing that the rest of the world was reconciled as a result of Israel being cast away, how much more wonderful will it be at the receiving of them? But, I mean, like life from the dead. And I believe that that, I don't, I think I've mentioned this before, but that life from the dead, I, I believe that the term born again, and we'll talk about this, is a specific term that's used by the nation of Israel. Not necessarily. I'm not going to get upset when I hear people say it. No more than, you know, I just kind of wince when I hear people talk about, you know, kingdom stuff. Uh, But I don't think the term born again is necessarily for the body of Christ. It's the nation that's going to be born again. Um, So, again, as the result of Israel's rejection, the world world was offered salvation. Uh, And again, this is identical to verse number 12. So what is the message? that we have now. We have the message of reconciliation. That's the message that we as the body of Christ are engaged in today. Notice the verse, for if the casting away of them, the Jews, or the nation, be the reconciling of the world. That's the message that we taught, that the world has been reconciled to God through Christ. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself. How? By Jesus Christ. And hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. So what have we been given? And again, I contest, we were not given the Great Commission. The church was never told to go and baptize. Um... The church was told, the body of Christ, that is, was told to preach reconciliation. We were given the ministry of reconciliation, to wit that God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us, word what? The word of reconciliation. So now we are ambassadors. For Christ, as though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So the body of Christ has been given the ministry of reconciliation. And what is the ministry of reconciliation? Jesus Christ, his death, his burial, his resurrection. That is the ministry of reconciliation. God has reconciled the world 
back into himself through Christ. So we are ambassadors. That is the message of the body of Christ. Again, the message of the body of Christ is not the Great Commission. The Great Commission was given to the Twelve. It's kingdom gospel. We don't preach a kingdom gospel today. And again, I've got all kinds of studies on that. Um, Notice, but life from the dead. This will happen. You know Ezekiel chapter number 37. Um, In Ezekiel chapter number 37, uh, we have the valley of dry bones. In Ezekiel 37, 1, the hand of the Lord was upon me and carried me out into the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley, which was full of bones, and caused me to pass by them round about. And behold, there was very many in the open valley, and lo, they were dry. And he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? This is speaking of the nation of Israel coming back to life, being born again. This is the born again experience that spoke of. You remember uh, Nicodemus came to Jesus by night, Nick at night. There was a man in John chapter number three of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. And he came to Jesus by night and he said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus said unto him, How can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Now, the Gospels, this conversation that Jesus is having with Nicodemus, it's the kingdom message. It is the message that a man must be born again in order to enter the kingdom of God. And that kingdom of God was what was offered in the kingdom gospel, which was rejected. So again, the term born again, and again, I'm not going to break fellowship with you over it, but the term born again is specific to the nation of Israel. Now notice in verse 16, For if the first fruit be holy, the lump is also holy. And if the root be holy, so are the branches. Paul is merely illustrating that in spite of the temporary casting aside of the nation, God's holy purpose remains. And we can't get lost in the weeds in this verse. It's all about Israel. If the first fruit be holy, Israel, the lump is holy, Israel, And if the root be holy, Israel, so are the branches, Israel. We can't lose sight of that. Don't get lost in the weeds over this verse. And this, to me, is where most people fall off the tracks. Notice verse 17. And if some of the branches, Jews, be broken off, and thou, being a wild olive tree. Now we come to the thou. Thou being an olive tree, wert grafted in among them, and with them partakes of the root and the fatness of the olive tree. Now, the branches that are broken off speak of the Jews who did not believe, who were not part of the elect. They did not accept the teaching of the kingdom gospel. As a result of their unbelief, the entire nation has been set aside in temporary blindness. And that's what we see 
in verses 7 through 8. Remember 7 through 8? What then? Israel hath not obtained that which he seeketh for, but the election hath obtained it. It's all Israel. And the rest were blinded. According as it is written, God hath given them a spirit of slumber, eyes that they should not see, and ears that they should not hear unto this day. And of course, that day was during Paul's day when he wrote it. But who is the thou? And if some of the branches, which is obviously Israel, are broken off, and thou being a wild olive tree. Now, I've come to believe that they are either a specific reference to proselytized Gentiles or Gentiledom as a whole. Because you remember we talked about verses 20, 21, 22, it makes it clear whoever they are, they can lose their salvation. So that can't be referring to the body of Christ specifically. It could be referring to proselytized Gentiles into Judaism. But it's not referring to the house of Israel. So I believe that it is referring to Gentiledom as a whole. It's referring to Gentiledom as a whole. And if Gentiledom doesn't believe, they're going to be in the same situation that Israel was in. So, and if some of the branches, the Jews are broken off, and thou, referring to Gentiledom, being a wild olive tree, if you were grafted in among them, referring to the Jews, and with them you partake of the root and the fatness of the olive tree. So what is the olive tree? Now, I've heard that it is everything from the covenants, Abrahamic, Mosaic, Davidic, New, New Covenant, and even the body of Christ. Well, I think the simplest interpretation is, number one, it's not the body of Christ. It is just referring to the nation of Israel as God's covenant people, as God's blessing that began in the Abrahamic covenant. And of course, out of the Abrahamic covenant came the other covenants, like the Mosaic covenant and the Davidic covenant. So, when it, so let's look at it. If some of the branches, unbelieving Jews, be broken off, and thou, being the, the, the wild olive tree, Gentiledom, you're grafted in among them, and you can partake of the root and the fatness of the olive tree. So in the simplest interpretation is that the nation of Israel, through God's place of blessing, which began of course, during the Abrahamic covenant. In Jeremiah chapter 11, verse number 16, it says, The Lord called thy name a green olive tree, fair and of goodly fruit. With the noise of a great tumult hath he kindled fire upon it, and the branches of it are broken. See, Jeremiah looked forward and saw unbelieving Israel. So I believe that when it talks about the olive tree, it's referring to the nation of Israel and Israel's covenant relationship with God. And the wild olive tree has to be referring to the Gentiles, but not necessarily the body of Christ, just all Gentiles as a whole. 
or Gentildom, as I've said. You see, before, Gentiles had nothing. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 11, Wherefore, remember that ye being in time past Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision, in the flesh made by hand. So he says, remember that you, in time past, Gentiles, who are called uncircumcision, because Gentiles were not part of the covenants, they were not part of the the, the covenant, they were, they were not circumcised like the Jews, by that which is called circumcision, which is referring to those who were circumcised, which were the Jews, in the flesh made by hands. In other words, not a spiritual circumcision, but a physical circumcision, that at that time ye were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel. You had no part in the the blessings of the olive tree, and you were strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. You see, before the Gentiles had nothing. Any dealings that God had with the Gentile nations was through Israel. So he goes on and says, do not boast against the branches. Who are the branches? Jews. So he's saying, Gentiles, don't boast against the branches. But if thou boast, thou bearest not the root, but the root thee. In other words, <laughs> this is a warning against a feeling of superiority or self-righteousness over Israel, since the only reason that we are here is because of their downfall. So he says, don't brag, don't boast. Because if it wasn't for them, you wouldn't be where you are. And in verse 19, thou wilt say then, the branches were broken off that I might be grafted in. So Paul gives an example of boasting that some may participate in. Thou wilt say, the branches were broken off that I might be grafted in. So I believe, in my opinion, Covenant theology, replacement theology, does exactly this by claiming that they are the church and God is done with the nation of Israel. No, God's not done with the nation of Israel. Read the book of Romans. He's not done with them. He's saying, don't brag. Don't brag. Because you see there in verse number 18, boast not against the branches. Don't be puffed up. Don't be arrogant. But if you boast, Thou bearest not the root. In other words, the Jewish nation doesn't depend on you. You depend on them. It wasn't If it wasn't for them and, and their being temporarily set aside, you wouldn't be where you are. Thou wilt say then, the branches were broken off that I might be grafted in. Well, because of unbelief, they were broken off. And thou standest by faith, be not high-minded but fear. So obviously, whatever verse 19 is talking about when it says, thou wilt say then, it's a warning. It's not a commendation. And, and again, I think when we get into saying that God is through with the nation of Israel and now the church is Israel, you're doing exactly what Paul is warning us not to do. We're boasting against the branches. 
And he says in verse number 20, well, because of unbelief, they were broken off and thou standest by faith. Don't be high-minded, but fear. So there is a compare and contrast going on in this verse. Israel was broken off collectively because of their unbelief. While we as Gentiles, our only hope is through belief. So as they were broken off collectively because of their unfaithfulness or unbelief, the Gentiles can only stand by faithfulness and belief. So verse 20, well, because of unbelief, they were broken off. But you stand by faith. Our only hope is faith. Gentiles are saved by faith. Be not high-minded, but fear. And the gospel of grace is by faith and faith alone, lest any man should boast. It's not of works. In verse 21, for if God spared not the natural branches, take heed lest he also spare not thee. The natural branches are the Jews who were not spared. And if God did not spare them, we need to beware. I mean, the previous verse says that the Gentiles entered into God's plan. How? By faith. And not because of anything that we had done. It must be understood that Paul is speaking of Gentiles collectively, not individually. And I, I really think that is the crucial thing that I have learned going through this chapter this time. It is speaking of Gentiles collectively, not individually. It is not speaking of the body of Christ. It is speaking of Gentiledom. It is speaking of Gentiles collectively, just as it speaks of Israel collectively. Warren Wiersbe makes an interesting point in regard to this verse when he says that the Gentiles will in the last days fall away from the faith. He says, while there is no hope for the apostate church, there is hope for apostate Israel. Why, he asked? Because of the roots of the olive tree. God's promises, God's plans for the nation. No matter how far they stray, the roots are still good. God will never forsake them. So for if God spared not the natural branches, Take heed, lest he also spare not thee. And of course, we know that the Gentiles will fall away. In 1 Timothy, now the Spirit speaketh expressly in verse four, in chapter 4, verse 1, in the latter times, some will depart from the faith. And again, Paul is addressing Timothy. He is addressing the church the body of Christ. And he's saying that they will give heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devil, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their consciences seared with hot iron. They'll forbid to marry. They'll abstain from meats. For every creature of God is good and nothing is to be refused if it is received with thanksgiving. So the Gentiles will one day 
as Gentile dumb, just like the nation rejected the king and the kingdom, so too the Gentiles one day will completely reject the gospel of grace. Next time we get together, we'll get down into verse number 22. God bless you guys. Have a great day. Remember, God loves you, wants the best for you. He's working all things out for your good.